Hi, I'm Kyle, and on episode 446 of the MWA podcast, Brian and myself are asking John Boise the five questions. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out John's interview on episode 445. So welcome back to the show, John. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Welcome back. Oh, great. Before we get into the five questions, uh, who do we have to shout out this week as our Patreon supporter? So this week... We have a big thanks, as always, to our Patreon supporters. And today we're giving a very big shout out to Katie Thompson, also a recent guest on the show. Uh, it was a very enjoyable conversation. liked that a lot. Uh, but if you would like to support the MWA podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash MWA podcast. And we would very much appreciate the support. Yes. Thank you so much, Katie. And um, if you are a patron, it doesn't mean you're going to be a guest, but your chances do increase. No, yeah. Just right. joking. We, just we joking. can be bought. <laughs> Everybody's got a price. All right. <laughs> so start us off with our first question. Yeah. So, John, how did you get into woodworking? Uh, so I kind of stumbled upon it. I originally wanted to be an architect uh, from like sixth, seventh grade. So I went to a high school here in Cincinnati called the School for Creative and Performing Arts. Uh, SCPA for short, uh, mm. not to be confused with SPCA. And, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, a lot of people get that, get, get those um, switched up. But so I went there for scenic design and construction as my major. Uh, and so I wanted, I figured, you know, I'd learn drafting and basic construction. Uh, and that would help me get into an architecture program, hopefully at the University of Cincinnati. Because uh, my dad was a professor there, so I could have gotten free tuition. Um, oh, yeah. So would have worked yeah, out. Yeah, I'm sure he well. was excited about that too. Yeah, yeah you betcha. Yeah. Oh, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he he promoted me. He you know encouraged me to go through that architecture uh, path. Um, but uh, in my freshman year of high school, we had these projects uh, at the end of each semester called boards, uh, where you had to make something of your own in our. Uh, in our major, that was the task. And so uh, my dad had a gr one of those small kind of benchtop grill tables. I was like, let me make you a, a nice big table that that just kind of sets right in and it has a drawer and all this stuff. He's like, okay, do it. So I did it and he loved it and I loved making it. So uh, my mom wanted a bookshelf and then my dad wanted a cabinet for his shoes. Uh, so I just start screwing boards together to make these things. But that really kind of developed that love for woodworking uh, to the point that, um, you know, going into college, uh, I really wanted to do something more with my hands and woodworking seemed like a good option. Uh, so looking into North Bennett Street School uh, after that first year of college, I decided, well, yeah, let's switch this path. Mm -hmm. Oh, fantastic. That's excellent. Yeah, that that is excellent. That is excellent. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I don't know if the architecture degree is quite as rigorous. When I was in school, um, uh, my college had a had a really good architecture program, but they called it architorture because <laughs> they were up. I mean, it, it was incredible. These guys would be up like 48, 70, 72 hours straight trying to get these projects done and all that kind of stuff. And I think they actually had a... Um, Unfortunately, they had a student that actually died. He died from amphetamine overdose, just trying oh, to get through the program. Yes. And they totally revamped the program after that. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, 
So. I know they're pretty torturous, though. My sister was in yeah. interior design uh, at mm -hmm. the University of Cincinnati, and it's the same department. So mm -hmm. uh, I know she, from what I remember, was working really hard, had those long nights, days and yeah. days a week. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, so, so anyway, well, moving right along. So what's your favorite tool? Uh, so right now, it's definitely my Steric combination square and my dial indicators. Oh, yes. Oh, you're, yeah. doing, you're doing machine two, setup right two, now. Yeah. Two, great, yeah. two great choices. So, <laughs> so those things are a lifesaver. Um, and I was trying to, yeah, uh, went out and finally bought dial indicators, what, two, three days ago. And just, oh, they're magnificent. Um, but I, I think besides the right now importance of those items, I think one of my favorite tools is a flatline bevel gauge. Um, mm -hmm. And so uh, I was introduced to that by uh, my instructor, Dan Fea, when I was making the, uh, cutting the veneer and the cherry frame for the, uh, the mirror frame on my dressing mirror, uh, just to be able to take the angles right off the drawing and then bring it over to the table saw. Um, and it worked better because I didn't have the gap between the bevel gauge and the paper. Um, mm -hmm. And so I went out and bought one, but I've used it several times. And you can either take it right over to the table saw or transfer it to the bevel gauge. Um, yeah, now, is that more of a drafting tool than an actual? Uh, uh, or it's a machinist tool? It's maybe an in-between. In-between, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm... Uh, most of the times I've used it was just to take an angle from the drawing and then set my bevel gauge to it. Yeah. Okay. Is it is it just like a wing nut that holds the bevel? Yep. Yep. In that wing. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just trying to think of it like almost like a two dimensional sliding bevel gauge. Yeah. In my head there. Okay. Yeah. yeah that makes it sense. starts off at I don't know maybe a, a five or ten degree angle and then you can just swing it all the way around uh, from oh. there. You know, that's something I don't own. That would come in handy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This, shows, this show's costing me money, John. <laughs> All right. It's on Amazon. Or, sorry, okay. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to lose uh, Brian here. He's on Amazon right now. That's right. This up. Yes, yes. Maybe that maybe that could be your one-time tool with a woodpecker. Exactly. Flat, flat <laughs> I like that idea. We'll have to pitch that. All right. Well, uh, well, 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 so I, I had a question around machine setup. So is that something they taught you there at North Bennett Street School is doing machine setup? Yep. So uh, yeah. what is it? Second semester always okay. does machine maintenance. Um, okay. So you go through all the machines. Uh, I think you start with the joiners, go to the planers, and then table saws, and then band saws. Um, but you, uh, yeah, you go through and kind of not disassemble it completely, but uh, take the blades off and either, you know, if you have the helical head, switch them around, mark which side you used and mm -hmm. um, whatever it might be. But then uh, how to, uh, you know, set the blade parallel to the table um, on the table saw and the fence to the blade and making sure that it's parallel or the back skewed at most an eighth of an inch out, mm -hmm. uh, everything like that. And, uh, yeah, you do it in groups because we have uh, – the school has, what, four table saws, two jointers, two planers. So there's plenty for the second semester class, even if you're, like, 13 students, to split yeah. up in groups and work on these things. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I know Rex posted, I think, earlier this week um, 
a shot of the, I guess, turning room where, I don't know, there was like eight or 10 Powermatic yeah. plays. I'm going, yeah, you're really slumming it there at North Bennett Street School, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's rough they're, they're foot pa pa powered foot powered uh, treadle lays yeah, yeah 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 power matic <laughs> treadle lays yeah paint them yellow oh it's great all right so john who has influenced you the most uh well i know my parents are going to listen to this so i will say my parents um but uh you know they definitely have supported me a lot and mm -hmm. um this passion that has grown since high school uh, and wanted me to make them things and promoted it. My mom's a great saleswoman. Oh my goodness. Uh, but besides them, definitely my instructors uh, at North Bennett Street School, they're all four uh, really great with really um, effective and different ways of teaching. Um, and, you know, at least as far as I could tell where, they were set up in the semesters and the workshops that they had to give. They fit those those places perfect. Um, so, yeah, they really helped me to grow and um, push me to do things that I wanted to do, but I wasn't sure that I could do, like the Martha Washington chair. Um, uh, and I think overall they gave me uh, confidence and problem-solving abilities to feel like I could, you know, come and start my own shop after the school. Oh, definitely, definitely. And okay. yeah, and if anyone's listening to this who wants to learn more about those instructors, just go back and listen to our um, interviews with Matt Wada and Dan Faya and, of course, Rex. And mm -hmm. we'll find all about the instructors there at North Bennett Street. Just absolutely incredible guys. So next question, what has been your biggest stumbling block? Um. The biggest stumbling block is, I would say, being patient with myself. Uh, it, it, you know, it was um, it, the, what, 12 or 13 years of trying to learn woodworking before uh, mm -hmm. actually getting to go to this school. Uh, you know, the number of times I got frustrated, and I'm sure I'll be frustrated in the future <laughs> with projects too. Um, yeah. But I think especially trying to start off uh, and then, you know, even one from you cutting a piece of wood and it not fitting correctly or cutting it, you know, yeah. an eighth of an inch too short, or you giving it to someone and uh, a joint failing a year later, um, something like that uh, could be very irritating. Uh, so I was trying to get past that and figure out why those things were happening. Uh, and uh, I, I think kind of forgiving myself for it was the biggest yeah. stumbling block. But it had its big payoff, too, just in so far as, you know, I did all those things, got them wrong and screwed up so that especially after I went to North Bennett Street School, you know, when they would mention, oh, yeah, don't do a joint this way because it'll fail. I was like, I did it. I did it that way. I know that now. It's like, yes, <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's ingrained in my head not to do these certain things. So, uh, you know, mm. blessing in disguise, uh, stumbling block, but. I won't trip on that block again. Even like the the last sack back that I made, you know, I I, I totally screwed up the, when I was fitting the spindles. Uh, I was just using a metal gauge, and it never even dawned on me to pick up the the arm bow that I had sitting right in front of me. To and then when I went to glue it all up, I realized that you know my reamed holes are too big for the way I made the spindles. And I'm like, you dummy! And I'm like, 
you've done this multiple times before now it's a mistake i would never make again never yeah uh and you just you, you feel defeated for a short time and then you you get back up and you keep on going and you know i think that's that's what makes a really experienced woodworker is they've they've made these mistakes and they now now you figured out how to get around it and make it look like either it was on purpose or hide it so nobody knows it was there oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I made my fair share of mistakes, and some of them were frustrating. The most frustrated I ever got was a clamp that slipped on me. That's oh, the only yeah. time I've thrown something. I've never thrown anything, but I threw that clamp. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking okay. of clamps and mistakes, uh, you know, there was a story when, you know, those large hand screws that you can uh, yeah. wind your hands mm -hmm. around to yeah. loosen or tighten. Um well, we had the small ones and we we're doing that yeah. to throw a small glue up for like our, our mallets in first semester. Well, the instructor had told us a story about the large ones and how someone, you know, whacked themselves on the head and was yeah. either knocked <laughs> themselves out or was seeing stars. I don't remember. It must have been, it was that week. I don't remember if it was the same day. I picked up the large hand screw, started going around, whack, hit myself <laughs> on the head. <laughs> so now whenever I use it, I just keep it way up in front of me. <laughs> Yeah, every, I mean, everybody's got a story like that, and it's it kind of like like why is that guy standing so far away from that? And like, oh, and as you as you get more and more experience, you realize that something happened. Yeah. And they, now now they know better. <laughs> All right. So our last question, uh, John, is how has the internet influenced your work? Uh, I think in a lot of ways. Um, uh, you know, being able to look things up from 15 years ago, uh, just trying to learn. Uh, basics and then up to now there's a drastic difference in what you can find online and especially on YouTube um, mm -hmm. which helps me a lot rather than kind of going through a book um, although there are some things in books that you just can't get on YouTube I think uh, so anything from like learning and now setting up the shop and um, for example this table saw that I'm working on uh, the saws we had at the table saws we had at the school were cabinet saws, and this one's a contractor saw. So there's little differences on how you need to adjust things that I just didn't think about, but um, I've learned about online. Uh, but there's also kind of interpersonal things with um, being able to connect with others and make uh, other relations uh, in the woodworking community. Uh, and um, even you know getting to know other woodworkers that uh right now i've stopped by one that's on the route between uh my my place and my sister's house uh, so i just stopped by his shop and got to meet him but saw him online um and then i think really fun things too like on social media being able to create uh the reels and videos um yeah because i find it quite quite fun like it takes a little bit of time and an investment on your part uh but you get to take you know one second to 10 second shots of little bits of your project stitch it together and then upload it and then not only i can look back and see uh oh that's how i did that that's right um i can do that again or use that mm -hmm. process for another project uh but also i think I've gotten compliments on the videos and it, how it can bring a uh, greater appreciation for the kinds of things that we do. Yeah. I think you also gain a lot more information about the furniture piece from a video because it's, it's not a static angle and you can see, you know, see much more of the design as you're coming around and different approaches, you know, different, you know, 
I really enjoy when it's a progress shot because then you can see before finish, maybe before glue up, and it gives you a lot of appreciation what goes into it instead of it's yeah. like ta da, there it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean yeah. it's like even uh, some of the friars, um, uh, especially one uh, really great friar out in Boston. He uh, would take me to go get the lumber, uh, but a lot of friars think, oh, so what a drive up to Home Depot, like. No, 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 no. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to the lumber yard and he's like what is all this stuff i'm like i'll just tell you when i need you uh and i'm I kind of pulling out the boards all right can you help me get this one 10 boards down on the stack yeah <laughs> so he's like why do you need that but yeah there's a huge appreciation piece to that from that finished or the the starting board of lumber to finish piece yeah yeah agreed yeah fantastic well, um, so John, so where can folks find you on the interwebs? So they can find me on either uh, Facebook or Instagram uh, at Friar Furniture and Crafts. Fantastic. Brian, what about yourself? Uh, Instagram at Obst Woodworks and Obst is O-B-S-T. And Kyle, how about yourself? You can always find me on Instagram at Barton.Kyle or BB Custom Tools, bbcustomtools.com or on YouTube under BB Custom Tools or Kyle Barton. And that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.